It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Brave Men starts now. It's good to have you with me, Ed Preston. Uh, Ed Preston, you are the owner of uh, Biscuits Cafes. That's correct. Restaurants. You've uh, got an amazing uh, business going there, but uh, there's a little backstory to it. So it's great to have you here and talk about this and help some of us in our journey through life begin to tweak some things because you found yourself, am I right? You found yourself in a tough spot. So you're a senior executive with a major corporation. Then you end up driving a truck. Is this right? That's right. Am I doing too many headlines there? Then you're driving a truck, and then from driving a truck, you end up owning your own restaurant corporation. How does that happen? What happened in that corporate world to you, Ed? Well, it just happens long and painful. And, <laughs> and uh, so and I, uh, I grew up the ladder in a, a big restaurant corporation. And um, at, at the end of all of that, uh, basically, I was burnt out. And, uh, you know, because that business was grown and representative from uh, uh, doing business from a world standpoint of view. Mm. And uh, being as I was raised in the church, it just got to the point it rubbed me the wrong way so much that I decided that I was going to leave that corporate world not knowing what I was going to do, but I wasn't going to do the restaurant business. Wow. So you were in a restaurant corporation, and now how old are you when this happens? I mean, you've burned out, you've worked hard, you've done all the stuff you're supposed to do for success, and here you are burned out. Yeah, that's 40 years old. Wow. Uh, right in that area, and uh, I just made up my mind that um, I was never going to have another boss as long as I lived, and I was never um, going to march to another man's orders mm. that I felt that was um, opposed to a godly system. Yeah. So now, uh, what were things like in your personal life? I mean, what was family and all that sort of thing? Well, uh, growing up in a church, a very traditional religious uh, type church uh, with a lot of rules and regulations, I was trying to manage a family from that aspect and it just simply wasn't working. Mm. And uh, everything I put my hand to in that situation seemed to fail. Mm. Okay, where it got to the point that the kids didn't like me and I didn't like them. <laughs> and uh, wife didn't like me and didn't, I didn't like her. <laughs> and basically everything was falling apart. It was wow. sort of like a domino effect. When, wow. when you tip the first domino, getting it stopped mm -hmm. is like you need a miracle or you need uh, something to intervene to stop that tumbling. So here you are burned out. You're living on the West Coast, right? Mm -hmm. And here you are, you're, you've done the corporate ladder thing. You've worked, you worked your way up too, didn't you? Yeah, 20 some odd years. Wow. And you worked your way up to a high level in that corporate restaurant corporation. Mm -hmm. Now everything's falling apart. What happens that, that you end up driving a truck and then something begins to shift in your life and your thinking? What, what happened there? Well, I had, to, uh, I had this friend, he, he was a new acquaintance. Uh, and uh, he, I met him at the church I was attending at the time. I was a newcomer there and so was he. And so he, one day he asked me to go to this men's event on Saturday. Really? And I thought, well, you know, I'm not working right now. I don't have anything else to do, so I'll go with him. 
and he took me to a big men's meeting and there was probably seven, eight hundred guys there and the speaker that day was Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole. My dad. Uh, your father, yes. That's amazing. And um, that was, uh, for the first time in my life, I heard things that made sense to me. Really? In a Christian and, setting, you mean? Right. Okay. In the religious setting, uh, you know, there was always things that were said or things that were done or performances that just rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. I remember sitting in church when I was about 17, 18 years old, and I thought, there is something really wrong, but I don't know what it is. Mm. And so I, that was in me until I was like 40 years old when mm -hmm. I met Dr. Cole. Yeah. It's ministry. And uh, it seemed like that day everything started changing. And uh, so at the end of the day, you at know, this men's event. At this men's event, at the end of the day, where I felt like that out of seven, eight hundred men, that Dr. Cole was speaking directly to me. <laughs> and he uh, somehow singled you out. Right. And uh, <laughs> knew you were going through right. stuff. Right. He said three things that day that made complete sense to me is that uh, when men quit reading, they quit learning. Wow. And I hadn't done that since high school. I might read a newspaper once in a while, the headlines only. Yeah, but the truth and is you probably hadn't even read in high school. I hadn't even, well, probably so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had other things on my mind at that time. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, you quit, so that resonated with yeah, me. When you quit reading, you quit learning. When you quit reading, you quit learning. Wow. And he also said that day that uh, men learn to hear messages and not study the Word of God. So, in other words, we're trained to hear sermons but we haven't really studied the Word. Right. Wow. And uh, so I was basing my life on things that I had heard from the pulpit or from ministers or, or Rules whatever. Rules and regulations. Or Rules whatever. and regulations instead of the Word of God. Mm. And, uh, and then the last thing I remember Dr. Cole saying that day is when you decide to do those things, it's like soap, it's useless until it's applied or the Word is applied to your life. Yeah. And so I left the meeting that day and I stopped in the foyer on the way out and bought all of Dr. Cole's tapes and all of his books. And I took them home that night and, I, and the family had gone to bed and I remember laying them in the living room floor and uh, you know, I got my Bible off the mantel, dusted it off <laughs> and I laid that down in front of the books and, and the curriculum and I prayed and I said, God, I'm gonna do this I'm going to read this and study it, wow. and I'm going to start applying it to my life. And if it doesn't work, it's your fault. Really? You really. said that. I, I mean, you that. prayed, okay, God, I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm going to do all this. And if it doesn't work, it's, it's not fault. me, it's you. It's you. It's on you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that started the journey. Wow. And then uh, I... Uh, this guy that took me to the meeting, uh, he was a log truck driver. Mm. And uh, I didn't want to be around people anymore. I didn't want to answer the phone 50 times a day in the mm -hmm. corporate job that I was involved in. And I just didn't, I just wanted to be left alone. Because for the first time, I think I'd found something that I needed to really concentrate on. Mm. The curriculum and Dr. Cole's ministry. And so, uh, I, he told me about this guy down the road that had a logging truck for sale. And uh, of 
course, I was also broke at that time. Yeah. And because nothing was working. Yeah, you're out of the corporate world. Out of the corporate went to world. The event, and you're going to try to do things right. Right, I was going to try to do things right. And so I went down to see this guy, and I, I didn't have any money to buy a truck. Yeah. And But I remember uh, that my father one time did a deal that he couldn't do, and he talked the guy into letting him make payments on what he wanted to do. Yeah. And so that just popped in my head, and I said, I want to buy this truck from you, but I don't have any money. Will you take payments? Well, he knew my father personally, and he says, yeah, I'll trust you with that. Wow. So the next day, I was in the logging truck business. Really? Didn't even know how to drive a logging truck. <laughs> so you went from yeah. a corporate, mm. you know, white collar, if you will, mm. that sort of setting, and next you're driving a logging truck, right. like, a, like a Mack truck, Peterbilt. Yeah, big truck, 18-wheeler. Really? Yeah. And so for four years, I drove that truck wow. uh, from Northern California to Los Angeles because it was converted into a lumber mm -hmm. truck instead of a logging truck. And, uh, and then above the windshield of the truck was this cassette player. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of the younger guys probably doesn't remember yeah, yeah, cassettes. Yeah. But anyway, it was up there, and so I had all these uh, cassette tapes from Dr. Cole's ministry, and so I'd plug it in, and you know I, I was driving truck probably 10 to 15 hours a day, and uh, so I'd listen to Dr. Cole all during that before I'd go to bed at night I'd make notes of what I heard on the tapes on the console of the truck really and then at night I would look the scriptures up to back really? it up so you'd stay someplace overnight because you're driving up yeah. and down the state mm -hmm. and then you'd actually sit in a little motel room take those notes take the materials and look it up in the Word of God right because I wanted you know all I Man, wanted to know is what seeking. truth was that's incredible I didn't want another cliche or I didn't want another Mm -hmm. uh, minister that had uh, said something to me that it didn't make didn't yeah. make much sense. It doesn't work in real life. Yeah, it doesn't make the minister a bad guy. Yeah, but uh, I was dealing with myself. Wow. And uh, so this became your college, your four-year yeah, college. Yeah. So I did that for four years. Did you go to college? Yeah, I went to college uh, for three days. You did for three days. <laughs> Why well, only three days? Well, that's when I found out I was going to be a father. So. So, so you've just gotten married. You somebody go to college, had to make a living, yeah. Three days in, you find out that you're about to have a baby. So mm. that's what started the corporate world. Yeah. So now here's your four-year college. You're in this logging truck. What, ha what was happening in your heart and your spirit at that time? Uh, basically, what was happening in my heart and my spirit was like a complete washing. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, washing that old traditional stuff mm -hmm. out of my mind Mindset. and out of my heart. And then when you, when you wash something out of your mind and out of your heart, you have to replace it with something. Yeah. And, wow. and I replaced it with the Word of God and the teachings of Dr. Cole's ministry. And, uh, and then I would meditate on it, I would ponder it, I would think about it. And uh, I remember one day I was listening to Dr. Cole's tape on uh, on lust, mm -hmm. and uh, you know where uh, lust is what you can get from others for at their for yeah. yourself at their expense, you know, versus love what you can give to someone at which, your own expense. What you give, yeah, okay. what you give, and so forth. And then I uh, I remember I was at a meeting when Dr. Cole was there, and I was telling him, "Hey, man, this stuff is really working good for me, so I'm gonna." go home and tell my wife about this lust thing. And he says, you don't do that. She has eyes. 
So don't go tell her how well you're doing. Yeah, she has eyes. Don't tell her how good you are or how well you're doing because she has eyes. <laughs> or she how can good see. you're going to do. Right. And so I think so. most of us is I think most of us as men, we make that mistake, Ed. Mm-hmm. You know, we say, okay, here's my intention, here's where I plan on being. Mm-hmm. The the real thing is when we actually live it and people see it. Mm-hmm. Right? Otherwise what happens is you keep giving, you know, her your word, mm-hmm. pretty soon she doesn't want your word. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. She's done. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, that was a big change for me, uh, letting her see the difference. Wow. And instead of me telling her what the difference was. And that basically and, shifted and changed your marriage and everything. Right. Wow. And, and then how did you get back into the restaurant? Well, I was, uh, that, it, that is a little bit of a long story because uh, uh, I was so amazed uh, at Dr. Cole's ministry, I would look and find out where he was doing meetings at. Really? Okay, and if it was within four hours of where I was at, then I would go see him, okay? Yeah. If it was, sometimes I'd even save up my money to fly to a location. Well, uh, back in the day, Dr. Cole did open seating, and so I would always get there early and sit on the front row. And, uh, and even if he did a break, I wouldn't go on break because I didn't want anybody to get my seat. <laughs> so I remember one day I was in Sacramento, California. Uh, at one of the breaks, I was sitting there, and he comes down and sits down beside me. Hmm. He says, I noticed you've been showing up into my meetings frequently, and I'd like to officially introduce myself. Well, I believe when we shook hands that day that uh, God ordained in my life that he would be my spiritual father. Wow. And then as time went by and we got to know him better and he got to know me better, and uh, he said to me one day, he said, uh, how are you doing with the truck driving? I says, I, it's time for me to quit. Yeah. But I don't know what I want to do. And he says, well, what you need to do is work your power base, do what you know to do. Do what you know best to Well, do. what I knew the best was the restaurant business. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said, well, I think you're just as smart as those people are. Wow. And I think you have the ability and the fire in the belly to do it as well as they do. Mm-hmm. So do your own. Wow. And uh, that was when I decided to get back in the restaurant business, but I'd do it on my own. Yeah. So what'd you do? You just went and bought a big restaurant somewhere? No, around? it wasn't like that. Uh, uh, I started looking in the newspaper for buildings availability and so forth. And you got to remember, I didn't have any money. You're just driving a truck. Yeah, so back in the day when I was working for big corporations, you know, I was just without knowledge, you just lived payday to payday, raising kids and all yeah. that, so I didn't have any money. And uh, so I found this building. It was a little storefront building that was like a hamburger joint. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went, I, I went to the guy and I said, I see your building's for sale. And he said, yes. And I said, what do you want for it? And he says, I want $50,000. Well, that's not a lot of money today, but in 1998, it was quite a bit of money. It's still a lot of money. Right, it was $50,000 that I didn't have. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I didn't know what to do, so I called my mother that night, and I knew she didn't have any money Mm -hmm. money either. And she says, well, you have an aunt that was in the restaurant business. Maybe you should talk to her. Wow. So I called her up, and she came down and met with me, and I showed her the building, and uh, had lunch with her, and... uh, And where was this? This was in... a suburb town of Portland, Oregon. So you're in Portland now. Mm-hmm. 
And so this is in a suburb, Oregon City? Is it, or yes, is it Oregon City. Oregon City, which is just right there, part of Portland. Right. Okay. And uh, she says, well, I'll loan you $25,000 at 10% interest. 10%, okay. And I said, okay, this must be a God thing. <laughs> 20, so you have 25 grand, he wants 50. He wants 50. So I go to him and I says, I want to buy your business, but all I got is $25,000. And he said, sold. <laughs> <laughs> well, come to find out later, he had had open heart surgery okay. and he needed to get he out. He was ready to go. He was ready to go, no matter what the cost. Oh, so, man. So anyway... Uh, so I got, you were in the restaurant business? I was in the restaurant business. got my wife and my son. He was in culinary arts school at the time. Okay. So he cracked the first egg in Biscuits Cafe and uh, Barbara waited tables. Your wife waited tables. And... And what did you do? I did the dishwashing. You were washing dishes? The first day. The first day. And then I went out and bought a commercial dish machine. <laughs> after, after one day on of washing payments. by hand. <laughs> on payments. So the next day you bought a dishwashing right. machine. Yeah, I'm a little bit That's smart. That's a funny you know. story, man. Now, you had a concept, though, when you started this. I mean, you felt like God had dropped something in you right. of a concept. Mm -hmm. For a restaurant, what is it? Well, in the restaurant business, I always work breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm -hmm. Long days you know, away from the family. Right. And uh, that was another world concept of the big corporation is they were number one in your life instead of your family. Part of your issue with the corporation was they just chewed people up. They chewed people up. Yeah, just and, used people, right. moved on blow to Blow in, next. blow up, and blow out. Yeah. And uh, which created a lot of turnover mm. and a lot of training all the time. So you didn't want to do this, so and, you came up with a different right. idea. So I just said, God, there's got to be a better way. And... Uh, so he taught me to do a breakfast and lunch only concept and still how to be profitable at it. Mm. And, uh, and I allowed- Because dinner's, in that sense, dinner's a profitable time. So now you're gonna do breakfast and lunch and still make the thing work. Right, and uh, breakfast foods are, are a lower food cost mm -hmm. than dinner cost. Mm -hmm. And uh, so to make a decent profit, is easier in the aspects of buying food than buying dinner yeah. products. And so I knew that. And so we put that all together and, and lined it out and built a menu from it. Wow. And we gathered on the first day and held hands and prayed and Did said, really? God, if this doesn't work, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, the same prayer. So, so, so far that prayer has been working. So far it's been okay, yes. <laughs> And so uh, we started and we wow. struggled for about two weeks. And then the local newspaper come in and did a feature article on us, which didn't cost us anything. So now that's called favor. That's called favor. So God gave you favor. You right. were faithful and he gave you favor. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is a, that's a huge principle. Mm -hmm. Ed. I think that, that uh, any of our friends that are listening or watching right now would say, okay, that's something I need in my life. Uh, where does that come from? Where does favor come from? Favor comes from, in my particular situation, is allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me how to do this and do it right. With kingdom. So you prayed over your business. Right. And we told God that we would, we would build this business from kingdom principles instead of the mm -hmm. world system. Yeah. You know, that we would uh, treat the people that we do business with like people we purchase food from and our insurance contracts and our, and our building contracts and uh, our employees, that we would treat them 
with the same frame of mind with that we godly, treat ourselves with a godly okay. principle. Treat others right. as you treat yourself. Right. So now you're treating people right. Mm -hmm. God begins, you, you, you know, he's downloading you how to do things. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but this thing began to expand. How, how long before you ended up? Well, with after the right? newspaper article, uh, it seemed like the very next day the floodgates open wow. and we've been very busy ever since to ever 23 since. restaurants now. You have 23 and restaurants. We have 23 restaurants. The last one opened a week ago Monday. And you're and in multiple cities now. Multiple cities. We're in Seattle, Portland, Seattle, and Phoenix, Arizona. Portland and Phoenix. Three major markets. Okay. Which means you can be in Portland during the summer and Phoenix during the winter. Yeah, you figured that out, <laughs> did you? Yeah. yeah, I got this weather down pat. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, and, uh, you know, building business from a business standpoint, mm -hmm. as far as God was concerned, how he would run business. You know what and I'd like to do? I want to do uh, two more programs with you for Achieve Lab and for uh, Brave Men podcast. And I want you to run down the business principles, okay? Negotiations, uh, all the different things you went through. But I want to go back to, I want to finish up our time together right now with this. How did you, how do you listen to the voice of God, Ed? I mean, here we are, we're guys. We've got the world going on, stuff happening, chaos, whatever it may be. And yet somehow, in the midst of some difficult time, you're driving a truck. You'd been a major corporate executive. Now you're driving a truck. How did, you, how did things shift that you begin to listen to the voice of God? How does that happen? Well, the, the scripture kept resonating to me where uh, it says to go into your closet and get quiet before him and shut out the outside world. Mm -hmm. And so back in 1998 when we started the business and before driving the truck, I decided to make that a pattern for my life. Really? Is to get in, away from shutting out the world and uh, spending time with him and being quiet before him instead of just constantly praying, God, you need to help me with this. You need to help me make my house baby. You need to help me take care of the kids. You need yeah. to help me do this. We this, tend to this. run and go, yeah, God, we help run me, God, and help we don't me, God, pay attention me. to him. And I learned through that process mm. that God is always speaking to us, but we're not always listening. And, uh, and then so I like true. to refer to that as like, uh, why do they call doctors practicing physicians? Because the more they practice it, the better they get it. So I would practice just getting quiet before him and allowing the Holy Spirit to talk to me. Wow. And, uh, and teach me how to do this. So that okay. began to grow, but you had to take the first step. You had to take the first step. And, uh, you know, and then I learned that it's abiding in him, him instead of just visiting him once in a while. That he is always present in my life and that I need to learn from him because he's got it all figured out. I don't. So as a, as a business man, as a business person, your business is not separate then from your walking with Christ. No, it's the same. So Sunday isn't separate from Monday. No. And so how do you instill those principles with your uh, business? Well, there's, there's several methods that I use. And, uh, and uh, you know, whenever I'm approaching a situation with an employee or another businessman or a contract, mm -hmm or anything, I always sit down and I ask God to teach me how to handle this situation. Mm. And then throughout the day, when I'm doing those things, I can feel him maneuvering me mm. because I've practiced that for 20 years now. It. And do I still make mistakes? Sure. But then I also learned that if I do make the wrong decision, 
that if I do that same process, he will teach me how to get out of it or overcome it. Yeah. And it's become a lifestyle to and me. And how many employees do you have now? In the whole oh boy, over 300. Over 300 employees, plus you have franchise stores, mm -hmm. plus you're still franchising. Right. And as we uh, do this taping today, you've actually just opened another new restaurant last week. Last week, a week ago and Monday. So this is an ongoing process mm -hmm. and you're growing people up in it. Now your grandson, your son is mm -hmm. running restaurants up in uh, Seattle and Federal Way. And mm -hmm. It's an amazing story, Ed. Yeah, I, it is. It and, even amazes and, me sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's some guy in your, were you guys living in an apartment or house or something? And when that guy invited you to the men's meeting? No, I lived in a home at that time. Okay, mm -hmm. but you had a neighbor. Is yes. that who that guy was? No, he wasn't a neighbor. He was an acquaintance at church. Okay, a guy that you knew. Mm -hmm. And he invites you to this men's thing. Right. And it changes everything. Changes everything. And, and this man probably doesn't even know all the details of where your life has gone now. Right. He would not go back to another meeting of Dr. Coe because he thought Dr. Coe was too <laughs> harsh. <laughs> he was too tough for this logger boy. <laughs> you know, and so. And, so uh, bottom line is somebody invited you. God changed your heart and life, but you applied it and you listened to the cassettes. Of course, now we get to listen to it online and all that stuff, but you know, you listened to it, you put it in there, you did the work. And if we're faithful at doing the work, it's amazing how if you actually follow Christ, he begins to speak to your life. This is one of the most amazing stories, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you and I know each other and we travel together, but. Every time I hear this story, I'm always asking you to tell people the story, right? Right. And so thank you for telling it uh, with us today. But I, I just want you to know that, that I believe somebody listening right now, we're going to pray in just a moment, somebody listening right now will have this sense of, you know what, I need to do that. And what would you say to them right now? I would say that uh, we as men or women, we don't really know how to do this thing, mm. this life, or this business. Mm -hmm. Okay, we might think that we do, but we really don't. And uh, because God has a method, method, yeah, and God has a way to do it right, and that will prosper. Yeah. And uh, if we just, uh, you know, create a relationship with Him, just start. Just start and allow Him to teach you and allow Him to direct you and you learn to follow Him in that, yeah. then, you know, we serve an extravagant God. Yes, we do. He, the scripture is very true that He will do abundantly above all that you can ask yeah. or think. Amen. And I'm a great witness to that. It's an awesome story. So, Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, yes. we pray for our friends who are listening, watching right Praise now. Praise God. And Ed and I agree uh, that right now, and we pray, Father, that our friends will just take the first step, share this story with somebody else. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ed. Love you, bro. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Global Fatherhood Initiative. Connect with Paul at bravemen.men. That's bravemen.men.